Welcome back to BSA by Design, a podcast about transforming healthcare, educational, and research facilities through expert design and insight. I'm your host, Brian Moore, and in this episode, we're going to be talking to Tim Spence, the CEO of BSA Life Structures, about one BSA and the differentiators that set BSA apart. Let me first introduce our guest. Tim Spence is the CEO of BSA Life Structures and graduated from the University of Southern California with a Bachelor of Architecture degree. He holds several licenses and certifications, including AIA, FACHA, NCARB, LEAD AP, BD plus C, and is a Lean Six Sigma Yellow Belt. Tim also served as Executive Committee Chairman for the Board of Directors in Rebuilding Together of the Triangle for six years, ending in 2017. After a variety of experiences with several firms, including national firms HOK and NBBJ, Tim joined BSA in January 2015 as Regional Director in Raleigh, North Carolina. In 2017, he became National Healing Market Leader as well as served on the BSA Board of Directors. In May 2020, he became President, and since May 1st, 2023, has served as BSA's CEO. Welcome to BSA by Design, Tim. Thanks, Brian. It's really great to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation today. Me too. I'm happy to have you as our first guest. Well, before we dive in right into the heart of our discussion, I wanted to ask you, what brought you to study architecture in the first place? Where does your, where does your passion come from? Yeah, it's a great question. There are people that know all along the way that they want to do certain things. I was not one of those. I was a good student, and my dad was an electrical engineer. And he wanted me to become a lawyer or a doctor. I couldn't stand blood. <laughs> and I could not, or I only tolerated reading. So neither of those were great for me. And he had a, a close friend who was an architect who was actually doing all of the Safeway um, grocery stores for Southern California by himself at his home. He was an architect and he was an early adopter of CAD. And my dad had arranged a conversation with him. It was a fantastic conversation. And I just felt like after it, that's what I want to do. That's what you knew you wanted to do. That's really cool. And then what led to the specifically the healing and healthcare space in architecture? Yeah, so my mom was a licensed practical nurse. She started that way for Akron's Children's Hospital. And her interest to get to the root cause of health issues was part of her personal journey. And she became this huge advocate for food is medicine long mm -hmm. before that was a movement. Right. And quite honestly, I'm still traumatized by the things she put in my lunch. <laughs> like and, what? Including uh, sardines and yogurts. And this is while my friends were eating Twinkies and drinking sodas. So and you, you didn't get to trade lunch with anybody? No, nobody no. wanted to trade lunch with me. <laughs> But if you, it's interesting, if you marry my dad's technical background with my mom's passion, I was perfectly suited for healing architecture. I just didn't know it. Right. And I didn't get a chance to really be exposed to it until about 10 years into my career when a healing, or a principal came to me in our previous firm and said, hey, would you consider this? 
And I said, I need some time to think about it. Went home, thought about it. the thing that really pushed me over the edge was kind of this purpose piece of mm -hmm. like, hey, this actually does something for the end user. And so I was excited, intrigued, and I said, that's what I want to do. Uh, that's what I want to do with my life and with architecture. Something I don't think a lot of people know about you is that you're a surfer. So I'm curious, does surfing play any sort of role into your professional life from a creativity to leadership, or is it just a time for you to relax and unwind? And yes, we will get to other topics. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I grew up in Southern California, and surfing was my life and my passion. In fact, in high school and college, I surfed about four times a week. And if I knew I could make a profession at it or a living at it, I probably would have gone there. Unfortunately, now it's something that I get to a little bit less often. And I feel like it's one of those things where you can take the boy out of California, <laughs> but not California out of the boy. Right. And so I'm living in North Carolina now where there's still opportunity to surf. It's usually kind of right during this fall season when there's storms rolling up the coast. We've actually had a really good year this year. The thing that I find for me is it's just a contemplative activity where I connect with the creator and the yeah. created. Yeah. And it's more of a state of being rather than an activity, which really does kind of lend itself to that creative mindset. And that's that's what I've used it for, just to get away and enjoy life a little bit. That's really cool. So you've been at BSA for going on nine years now, serving in a variety of roles. What are some of the key differentiators that set BSA apart in this highly competitive marketplace of healing, learning, and discovery, design, architecture, engineering, planning, and interiors? Well, I, I'm just going to ask for clarification. So is this like m my personal reasons for being here or is it our differentiator? Let's, let's do both. I okay. want to hear about yep. yours and then as, as the they, CEO of the company. Yeah, they somewhat men, okay. uh, meld together. So for me personally, it started out with just a simple rule. I, I felt like I had been around enough of that. And right. if I didn't trust somebody, if I didn't have the trust that they had character, it was just a no-go. Mm -hmm. So I, I found that in BSA. I found that there were trustworthy people. Secondly, I wanted opportunities to continue working with clients like UPMC, where I had just come off a project. I was leading a 154-bed hospital in Monroeville, which, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. And I wanted to do similar or better work. And again, BSA provided that. Third, I, I wanted to explore my own ideas about how offices should be built and how teams of people should be brought together. And BSA Life Structures checked all of those boxes. What about the differentiators of, of BSA in general? What sets, yeah. what sets our company apart? Well, there, there's three of them. And one of them is that we focus on highly technical markets in their healing, learning, and discovery. And, and the thing that's interesting to me about them is they all coincide with each other, right? The second one is because they're complex market typologies, they need an interdisciplinary look at them to solve those complex problems. Right, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. Right. Absolutely, and this firm is set up, has always been set up to do that to look at it from both architecture and engineering and we've added on operational planning and planning and interiors as well one of those differentiators that we've talked about internally know is one bsa can you kind of describe one bsa and what does it mean and how does it separate 
BSA apart from competitors? Yeah, so one BSA, interestingly, really came out of this idea. I was given a lot of freedom to explore how to set up an office. And it came out of the way that Kenyon Worrell and myself built the Raleigh office. We knew from experience that we wanted multiple leadership opportunities if we were going to become a special office. So we didn't want to own all of that leadership and just have people doing around us. We wanted Mm -hmm. to create a bunch of leaders. We created a shared leadership structure that allowed stakeholders to have significant leadership, meaningful accountability. Well, I I should say what I mean by leadership is meaningful accountability, authority, and responsibility. If you don't have those three things, you don't have leadership. So a lot of people say, hey, I want you to be a leader. First question you should ask is, do I have accountability? Do I have authority to make decisions? Mm -hmm. Do I have responsibility? And so we tried to create that over different parts of the studio instead of owning all of that ourselves. It's a very empowering approach too. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it worked. Yeah. We grew that office really quickly. And as we realized those successes, that's what allowed me to try those at a, a larger level. Mm-hmm. So I got on the board of directors, became, uh, had various firm wide roles. And then in the April of 2020, Kevin Token, our former chairman of the board, called a subcommittee of the board in the middle of COVID. So I actually had to drive 11 hours oh, no. to get to Indianapolis. Right. And the question was, what, do we, what kind of change to our structure do we need to take on in order to move from a regional firm to a national firm? And the regional, we, we found the regional director model was really restricting our growth by creating businesses within the business, within a few hours, we were able to expand that Raleigh's shared leadership model to a company-wide model. And at its very core, the one BSA is that shared leadership model that grows strong leaders, that encourages the transfer of knowledge and expertise. And I'll, I'll just say this, it's, it's by no means perfect. Right. It needs to continue to evolve, and I'm excited about those evolutions, but I I do think that it has strongly allowed us to move from regional practice Mm -hmm. to national practice. Can you share some examples of how 1BSA has allowed the firm to provide comprehensive solutions to better serve clients in our markets, healing, learning, and discovery from this 1BSA approach? Yeah, that's... So the examples are important. So I'll just kind of say first and foremost, because we're in these healing, learning, and discovery, at the end of the day, we're really selling expertise. That's what it comes down to. So the one BSA model identifies market and discipline leaders and allows their expertise to be shared across the firm. And it works, it really works best, Brian, when you can take that local leadership and marry it with national expertise Mm -hmm. So the example was the question you asked, is uh, Houston Methodist. It's actually one of our our biggest clients at the moment. And we have a super skilled team in Austin office that is leading the work. And we've added to that national healthcare planners and operational planners to provide the client that national perspective and national solutions. From a lot of our studios, right? Yeah. 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 That's amazing. So how does 1BSA along those lines, how does 1BSA foster collaboration and innovation within the firm, ultimately 
I'm assuming benefiting our clients and projects. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think the sophisticated clients, they know that successful teams are tied directly to the people that are working on their project. On the relationship side, do they care about the project and are they vested in the outcome? That's really the piece that ties them to the project and cares about the project. On the expertise side or experience side, do they have the typological expertise and do they understand the client's business enough to manipulate those variables? So when those two come together, the relationship and the expertise come together, there's there's real magic in that. And that leads to these fresh innovations and the ultimate title of trusted advisor. And that's that's really what we're after at the end of the day. Really tying in deeply to our mission as well. Yes. Yeah. What role do you think technology and data-driven decision-making play in 1BSA's approach, and how does this enhance our services? So it's a, a great question because we're seeing all kinds of changes, mm-hmm. right, in, in this area. And what, what I would say is that leadership under the 1BSA model is defined simultaneously on a national level, on a studio or national level, firm-wide level, studio level, and a project level. And what we're creating is by doing that, we're creating the highway for information to flow back and forth. So it's designed to flow up and down that food chain. And whether you're talking about technology, research, ideas, those can be shared up and down the firm. And the one BSA is just the vehicle to make that happen. Right. And you've got all these exits off the highway that you can, oh, wow. I love that analogy. That's really good. And we often talk about design that inspires what's next. That mindset is very forward and futuristic thinking. So what does that statement mean to you? And do you think it's necessary for design firms to be thinking about not just what's next, but seeing beyond the horizon? Absolutely. I mean, I think this is the challenge of our day. Right. Right. And I, I go back to AI just happens to be the, the hot topic right now. Right. So many people are saying like the way that we do things in the next five years is going to completely change. I, I would say leaders specifically in architecture and engineering have to be forward thinking. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I would say that also goes to anyone and everyone uh, who's a business leader. Right. I've seen this progression. When I started the the profession, I came into a a room full of people drafting by hand. That was an internship in Los Angeles. Come back a year later and I enter and there's all the drafting boards are gone. There's computers in their place and people are 2D drafting on computers. Take that forward to 3D parametric modeling. And now we're at this, the edge of this next evolution, which is AI. So I think what's interesting about this is there's always been this relationship between cost, time, and quality. In other words, you you can't affect one without the yeah. other. So if you want, you as the owner want to speed things up, well, cost is going to go up and quality may go down. And vice versa, if you pull something the other way, it might affect it in different ways. I think that the current technology, AI, blows this whole paradigm out. And so there's the opportunity of the speed of design increasing, quality improving, and cost actually decreasing. Right. Because you're able to do it faster, but not at a higher cost. Yeah. Right. So it's an it's amazing time we live in with 
this technology, architecture and engineering, as I said, will completely change in the next five years. And I would say back to the one BSA, in contrast to a siloed organization, a shared leadership model, it has the ability to share information quickly to create a more nimble organization that can respond quickly as knowledge is propagated. So mm-hmm. you, you get that, like, right. I, I think it's a much more nimble organization and those are those organizations are going to adapt ones quickly survive yeah. right yeah and they can adapt to things like ai and whatever else is beyond the horizon right looking ahead how do you see one bsa evolving and adapting to meet some of these changing needs and challenges of the industry and and of our clients yeah i said this earlier that it's not perfect right and things that are going to need to change as we move forward. One piece is we move very strongly away from this regional director model. And I think for all the right reasons, and I I don't believe that we're going back. However, we need to find ways to incentivize leaders at the studio level in a greater way while continuing to provide strong national leadership. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's something that I'm interested in our model continuing to evolve. Secondly, our 10-year target includes substantial growth, and I'm excited about that, really mm-hmm. pumped. The challenge with any structure is to create enough structure to provide the framework for growth while not creating a stifling bureaucracy. So that's where we find ourselves right now, is we're going to have to scale this thing up and down. And my belief is that the structure, if it's the right structure, should be able to be scaled up and up and down as as you grow and hopefully it's up right right before we close i want to ask you one more thing earlier you had mentioned local leadership and national expertise can you kind of go in on that a little bit yeah so it is one of the differentiators of bsa and i think in contrast to some of the bigger firms who would basically go anywhere wherever the work takes them we feel like it's really important for our people our presence to have be connected with the location where we're doing work so in other words if we're working at a healthcare system it's advantageous for us to be there in the community using the services that that system has again there's there's a different level of connection there's a different level of commitment that comes with that. Right. At the same time, you marry that with the national expertise. And what our clients are looking for is, I don't want to know what's just happening in my backyard. I want to know what's happening in the U.S. I want to know what's happening across the world. What can you tell me that's going to influence the way that we practice, the way that we do our work here? Mm-hmm. And that goes, again from healing our healthcare market, learning our higher education market, and discovery our science and technology market. All of those are looking for that same thing. So we feel like the best way of delivering that is marrying up this idea of of local leadership, boots on the ground, with national expertise, which is we're bringing the best ideas to you. Right. That's fantastic. Well, I want to thank you for coming on the show as our first guest, Tim. It was a pleasure to have you, and I know you'll be back again in the future. I can't wait. I'd like to thank Tim Spence for joining us on this episode of BSA by Design. If you're interested in learning more about BSA, we encourage you to visit our website at bsalifestructures.com. There's a link in the show notes to contact us for more information as well. Be sure to subscribe to BSA by Design wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And we've got more content and stories to share through various platforms. 
So be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and X. That's going to do it for this episode. Join us again next time on BSA by Design. Thank you.